fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's time for your AFC home game preview here on Thursday for Fantasy Football Today. I'm Jamie Eisenberg filling in once again for the sick, injured, missing. Missing? Missing. We miss him. Don't you miss him? Oh, I thought you meant like his face is on a milk cart. No. DJ Milk on a milk carton. I mean, DJ Milk on a milk carton. This is getting kind of ridiculous. Just eat a damn Butterfinger. You think that's what it is? <laughs> he's, just, he's just trying to avoid the Butterfinger. He sounded sound terrible. We're talking about Adam Azer, our, our, our usual host, our esteemed host, um, is still uh, on the injury report with uh, illness. Uh, he sounded awful when I spoke to him yesterday, but uh, he says he's trending in the right direction, so hopefully he will be back on Friday. Uh, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, uh, along for the ride as usual here. Um, we're going to get into the AFC Home games today, as we usually do on a Thursday, get you some injury news and notes, uh, answer some of your emails, as always, and have a little fun. So let's start with a little rankings debate here, um, some guys that we disagree on. And what I'll do is I'm, I'm going to read the rankings for all three of us with these respective players. So the guy who's the highest and the guy who's the lowest can have a little conversation about why they like these respective players. So let's start with Philip Rivers at the quarterback position. I have him 13th. Dave has him 7th. Heath has him at 17. Gentlemen, debate. I I love Philip. I originally started the week with Philip Rivers third in my rankings, and then you guys might say I came to my senses a little bit and moved him down. But I love the outlook for him. I think game script isn't going to matter here. He has to throw the football. Pittsburgh's defense has been all right, but Case Keenum just had a nice game against them last week. And in a spot where I figure the Chargers are going to be trailing, not that this matters that much, but Philip Rivers is going to throw the ball a lot. Heath, you're the king of volume. You know that that matters sometimes for quarterbacks. I think that definitely helps Philip Rivers. I think he could have close to 350 yards and at least two touchdowns. I think he has a very good game. Yeah, I, my problem is I think he could maybe throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns and be quarterback number 17. There are 19 quarterbacks that I'm perfectly fine starting this week, and he may have a game where he throws the ball a bunch. He's thrown it more than 29 times once in his last seven games. I'm worried about the Chargers in this spot. It's the Steelers coming off a loss at home after a couple of road games. The Chargers traveling all the way across the country without one of their most talented offensive playmakers. I just don't think the Chargers score enough for Rodgers to be a top 10 quarterback. Rivers. Rivers, to Rivers be a top yes. 10 quarterback. yes. Yeah, it, I, I'm... I'm Leaning more toward you than Dave, I just think that you've looked at the Steelers' defense, what they've done, uh, especially in their building. They had as hot a quarterback come into their place in Cam Newton three weeks ago, and they were able to contain him as well. I I just think it's going to be a little bit tough for Rivers to get to the – he may get 350-2, and two, but it may be 352-2. and two. And so I think that's going to drive him down a little bit and be a little bit frustrating. So uh, Rivers is, is, in my opinion, good, just not great. Uh, we'll see how he performs. Russell Wilson, I have him at 8. Dave, you have him at eleven. Heath, you have him at five. Gentlemen, have at it. Oh, so this is this is this is working out nicely for you, where uh, you just let us. <laughs> I, you know, it's you funny because like we do a lot of. Uh, um, it, it tends to be on the Wednesday show, Dave. So you're not on it, but uh, on on FFT on on CBS Sports HQ, we have our little rankings debate, and it ends up usually Heath as uh, Pete calls him the lone wolf because it ends up being <laughs> you, me, and Sportsline a lot of times, and yeah. Heath by himself. Uh, I tend to find though when I look at these notes from Adam <clears throat> that I'm in the middle of the two of you. Uh, I'm probably closer to you in, in most situations based on how it, it, it shakes out. But um, in this case, it's uh, it's you two guys again. So 
Why do you uh, love Russell Wilson Heath for the first time in a long time? Yeah, I the there's a couple of things. One, the 49ers have been pretty decent against the run and pretty terrible against the pass. Everybody scores passing touchdowns against them. And then the other thing, you look at what Seattle's done, and I have fought against this over and over and over again. But the way they have scored their touchdowns this season has been through the air. They get in the red zone, and they're just not really running. And that may be partially because they've not been very good on a per-carry attempt when they're running it, rushing the ball in the red zone. But Russell Wilson, this season, passing touchdowns has 25 of them. They've run for eight rushing touchdowns as a team. So I just think, again, I, I feel better about Seattle scoring opportunities against the 49ers than I do against the Chargers going across the country against the Steelers. And when they've scored, it's been Wilson that scored. But I think this is a week where they work on their run game. And this is one of the reasons why I really – like, I know that Chris Carson is your start of the week, Jamie. I've got Carson ranked higher than you do this week. I'm really optimistic about what he can do in this matchup against the 49ers. Their their run defense took a hit when Reuben Foster got cut from the team. And I think Russell Wilson, we've seen it for so many weeks now, he's been very efficient with the touchdowns, seven straight games with at least two of them. But in those seven games, he's been over 250 yards once, and it was last week. So I feel about him – Probably a little bit more like you guys feel about Philip Rivers, maybe even a little bit better about him than you guys feel about Philip Rivers, because I think you guys think that Rivers is going to stink this week. But I think no, I, 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 I think Russell Wilson is going to be right in that twenty-two point fantasy range. I think he'll be good. I don't think he'll hurt you, but I don't think he carries that much upside. I don't see a game where he throws even thirty times. I don't think he gets three touchdowns, and I don't think he gets two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, I, I think Wilson has a higher ceiling this week than Rivers does, um, and neither of us said that Rivers was going to stink. Um, well, you don't have him, and you don't have him in your top fifteen, Heath. I no, I I just I, like I, I said, there there are nineteen starting quarterbacks that are good this week. I, I we're I guess we're splitting hairs then, right? Because I mean, I, I feel the same way. There's I think twenty two fantasy like points week. is not in your top fifteen. Okay, I, I think that can make the bottom twelve. Yes, and I think Wilson will be above. 22 fantasy points. I think they do whatever they want to against this 49ers defense playing on the back end of back-to-back -back road trips after having to go across the country one way and then going to Seattle this way. I think it's going to be tough for them in their building. They are 11-point underdogs, so Seattle should have the chance to score and score quite a bit. Uh, Deion Lewis is our next guy here. I have him at 26. Dave at 19. Keith at 33. Gentlemen, <laughs> have at it. I, yeah, I, I like Deion Lewis, the player, and I think he is talented. But they went through the stretch where they made him the feature back. And it went pretty well for a couple of games. It went south for one game, and they just stopped doing it. The last two weeks, Derrick Henry has more rush attempts than Deion Lewis. I think this is probably, like, I think Mariota's going to have a good game, a fine game, right in that same uh, Phillip Rivers range, but a little bit better maybe. But I think this is a game where in the fourth quarter they're probably up to two scores, and they're hammering the ball into the line, and that's Derrick Henry's job, not Deion Lewis's job. He has 17 carries in the last two games for 32 yards combined. I I just, I don't see it. And I don't think, like, they're not going to throw it 40 times. So I don't think he has six, seven, eight targets. I, I don't think he'll have six, seven, or eight targets either. But I think he can get you four targets, three catches, four catches, be right in that range. And I think he gets more carries this week because I think Tennessee wins this game. Whereas their last two games, they were just annihilated. And Deion Lewis, I think they try and get him going this week in a get-right spot at home, kind of similarly to how Seattle should try and get their run game going. And so I look at Deion Lewis as a number two fantasy running back this week. I think part of the reason why Marcus Mariota is so appealing 
is because of Deion Lewis and what he can do out of the backfield against this Jets defense. But he hasn't been doing that in weeks. Well, in the last two weeks he hasn't been able to because they've been getting crushed. But, but you, would, you would assume, though, game script would lend itself to him being more involved in that capacity more so when they're playing with the lead. No, he'll get more carries if they're but playing my, with the lead. You just, said, you just said part of the reason was he'd be a weapon out of the back. He'll get three or four catches, and he'll help Marcus Mariota there. My problem is with the they were getting crushed, so they couldn't run the ball. In those two games, he had 10 for 24 in one of them. Derrick Henry had 9 for 46. He had seven carries for eight yards against Houston. Henry had eight for 30. So you think they're going to turn back to Derek? Henry I think it's now. a. I think it's a. It's a split again. Yeah, I, I. I like Lewis. I don't love Lewis. I think it's. It, this is really. For, and I, I think both guys are in play here. I think it's just a play against the Jets. The Jets are just that bad, which I'm sure is what you're you're, you're going for. Uh, they've allowed seven touchdowns to running backs and six again at least 75 yards in their past five games. So there's a chance here. So I think it could almost be like what we saw, not to the same heights, but like what the Patriots did against the Jets last week, where. Henry, if he scores, is going to be Michelle, and Lewis will be around that 75 total yard range, and if he scores, will be good, but more along the lines of what James White did. So, uh, to me, both those guys are flex options in either format. Uh, Doug Martin, 29 for me in PPR, 38 for Dave in PPR, and 19 for Heath in PPR. I don't want to trust him in a game where the Raiders are going to blow out the, or the Chiefs, I almost said the Raiders are going to blow out the Chiefs. We know that's not going to happen. Chiefs are going to blow out the Raiders, and once it gets too one-sided, I think Doug Martin will be off the field. I think he'll be lucky to get you eight PPR fantasy points this week. I don't think he'll do a ton of catching, and I don't think he'll have a ton of success or a ton of opportunities to run the football. Touchdown or bust, I don't think he finds the end zone. My, my problem with that is that they're always going to lose. I mean, they, they have won a game or two this season, but for the most part, the narrative is always that the Raiders are going to be playing from behind. And Doug Martin's been over eight PPR fantasy points about as often as he's been under it. He had finally scored a touchdown last week. I expect he's going to get somewhere between 10 and 15 carries, which is where he's been over the last five weeks when they've mostly been losing. And he's averaged right around four and a half, five yards per carry. He's facing a defense that gives up five yards per carry. So I think that's 50 to 60 yards you're looking at on the ground. He catches two or three passes for 20 to 30 yards. You've got your eight, and then you're hoping he scores a touchdown. He's averaging, I think, 4.8 yards per carry in the five games that Marshawn Lynch has been out. It's funny, I think, just to compare Deion Lewis and Doug Martin because in Martin's case, he's been better. He's been more involved in the passing game of late than Deion Lewis has been, and he's got a better matchup on paper. And so it's just interesting to see how far apart you guys are on those two respective guys. Uh, just given what the setup could be. I, I think Martin is a good flex. I'm not as high on him as you are right. because I, I, I tend to lean to Dave's philosophy on things and just how this game could go. But in the early part of the game, I mean, you would have said the same thing last week against Baltimore, and he ends up finding the end zone against a team that a much better matchup, much tougher matchup with right. a long cross-country trip. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, 21 for me, 21 for Dave, 36 for you, Heath. Um, I, I'll, I'll make my case for McCoy. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins' run defense has been awful. Um, Marlon Mack, who was our start of the week last week, 96 total yards, not the game I was hoping for, but he did leave with a concussion. Uh, but this is now only two games this season where the Dolphins have yet to allow a touchdown to a running back, and this is a spot where I think the game will be close. McCoy can run. Um, he's only scored in one game so far this season, but I think this is one of the more favorable matchups that he has left on the table where he actually can have some success. So I like his outlook. I like his setup, and I do like the fact that uh, the Dolphins' run defense has been so leaky. But why are you so anti-McCoy this week? I, I went through yesterday when I saw that ranking and tried to move him up a little bit and <laughs> moved him up from 39 to 36, and I would like to move him up more. I, I don't 
I came into this week with the idea that Josh Allen's better for LaShawn McCoy than the other quarterbacks, and it hasn't been the case so far. He's averaging 14 carries for 50 yards and two catches for 18 yards per game. But most of those have been just awful situations. A lot of them have been very bad situations. I think the problem is Josh Allen has run for more touchdowns than the rest of the team combined. He's been awesome, much better than I ever expected running the football. And I just think that's cut into some of LaShawn McCoy's work, specifically in the passing game. He has two targets in the last two weeks combined. So I I won't argue too much that LaShawn McCoy could be a number two running back this week. It's a great matchup and a great situation. I just, I, I'm having a hard time trusting him because I'm afraid Josh Allen's going to steal it. Yeah, and, and trust in LaShawn McCoy haven't exactly gone hand in hand uh, this season. Larry Fitzgerald, the last one we'll talk about here, 18 for me, 33 for you, Dave. Uh, 27 for Heath. Uh, I'll make the case for I'm in the show. middle. You're in the middle. <laughs> you made it. Congratulations. Um, I just, I, the Packers secondary is awful. I think they're going to be chasing points in a, in a major way. And I know Fitzgerald's targets have been down, but he, he's faced a, a little bit tougher schedule of late than what he's going to face this week on the road against the Packers. So uh, I will go back to him as a number two receiver this week. And, and for the most part, even though the targets have been down for him, the production has actually been up from a touchdown standpoint. So he's being used as a red zone threat, which is nice to see. He's been brutal on the road. Last week was the first time he scored on the road, and he gave you nine non-PPR fantasy points in that game. I think 11 in PPR, because I think he only had two catches, and I think he only had two targets last Much week. Much tougher matchup last week. It's weird. And, yes, this is an easier matchup for him, but I look at his track record on the road. Do you know when his last 100-yard game was? I don't know. We the, were in our 30s. 1800s? We were in our 30s. Well, we weren't even born in the 1800s. But I, I, I don't see the volume suddenly bouncing back his way. I think the matchup is easier. I don't necessarily mean that it's going to be successful for him. I don't want to trust him. And I think this is a game where the Packers' defense tries their absolute damnedest. They're fighting just to stay in the playoff conversation. And I think this is a good matchup for them to do it against that bad Cardinals offensive line and Josh Rosen, who's been turning the ball over. I, I think the key to who's right here is going to be Josh Rosen the last two weeks has thrown 20 and 19 passes. The two weeks before that, he threw 39 and 40. So it makes sense why Fitzgerald's volume has disappeared. Rosen's not throwing the ball at all. If he throws 40 passes, Fitzgerald's volume is going to be back, and he's going to Fitzgerald's probably going to be a top yeah, 24. I, I don't receiver. see a scenario where he's not throwing this week. And, and I, I wouldn't have thought I that against the Chargers, though. Chargers defense a little bit tougher. Yeah. I see a scenario where the Packers run the ball like crazy, and they dominate time of possession. and that. So you're not trusting Aaron Rodgers this week? You know, I, I've, I've got him ranked as a top 10 quarterback, but I'm not sure. I love him. If, I love Rodgers. I know you do, but I, I love Aaron Jones this week. Me too. And I think Aaron Jones has a monster game. We talked about it yesterday. Um, top eight type of fantasy running back and a guy you'll absolutely use in DFS. But I, I, I think I need to spend a little more time on Aaron Rodgers just to make sure that I feel the way I feel. I know it's a great spot for him, but you know Devontae Adams is going to go one-on-one with Patrick Peterson. I don't think that's going to bother you. And I don't think it's going to bother anybody from using Devontae Adams. Who's his number two receiver going to be? It could be Aaron Jones, as we saw two games ago. That would be nice. That would work out. That would work out well for everybody involved. All right, let's do some injuries, news, and notes. Uh, A.J. Green is expected to return. Uh, we talked about the possibility of that happening. So Green is ranked where for you guys, roughly? 22. 20. 20. Uh, yeah, I think he's a number two receiver. Again, I'll just go back to the last time Andy Dalton missed time. Uh, the final four games, I think it was the 2014 season. He scored three touchdowns in the four, the three plus games that Dalton missed. Uh, four touchdowns from AJ McCarron over that stretch. Three touchdowns from AJ McCarron over that four game stretch. So he can still be productive with Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I would go Amari uh, Cooper over him this week, I just would. for the Thursday night sure. game, and obviously Michael Thomas ahead of him. Sure. 
Uh, Gus Edwards mispracticed with an ankle injury. Alice Collins still dealing with a foot injury. There is some speculation, according to the uh, Athletic in Baltimore, that they may activate Kenneth Dixon off of IR. He's in the window, to, or short-term IR. He's in the window to practice. Um, as a result of this, any concern over Gus Edwards as of now? Not yet. I do think a sneaky, if you're really, really struggling at running back, a sneaky sleeper this week is Ty Montgomery. Yeah, he was the second guy through, replaced Javoris Allen last week. But if they do activate Kenneth Dixon, that could be <laughs> just another uh, another guy to, to throw in there. It is sounding, though, as if Alex Collins may not play again. So right. whatever he came back to practice last Friday um, – May have re-aggravated the injury. Who knows? But, or he may have aggravated his coaches. Uh, Ty Montgomery played forty percent of the snaps last week. Yeah, no, he was he was a good backup. Um, so we'll see how the uh, the Gus Edwards injury, um, the you know, sure, but desperation running back for sure this week. Yep, Ty Montgomery can certainly be used in a pinch. Uh, Chris Thompson back at practice uh, as of Monday, so I'm assuming he practiced on Wednesday. Didn't see anything otherwise, but um, Thompson back. Any interest in him this week, Keith? No. I mean, I would like to see it. I would like to make sure that he's rostered because they could go back to us. Like, they haven't had any much success with their receivers except for Josh Doxson. So I, I think it's he's a rosterable, but not somebody I'd want to start. Well, Trey Quinn played well last week, too. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been a, a decent find for them as the uh, Mr. Irrelevant player in the NFL draft. Uh, Marlon Mack is still in the concussion protocol. Dave, when you look at Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, which one do you prefer, and would you be willing to trust any of them this week? I would trust Naheem Hines ahead of Ty Montgomery in the, oh, crap, I lost my running back and I need somebody in a pinch category. I like him better, especially in PPR. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron dealing with injuries. Hilton with a groin problem. Ebron with a back issue. I don't think we're worried about them yet. But um, any concern looking at the guys maybe in tonight's game with Amari Cooper, um, maybe Traquan Smith. I don't think you're playing any of the tight ends over Eric Ebron. Nope. I would go Cooper over T.Y. I would go Cooper over T.Y. Yes, and there is the scenario of Jalen Ramsey not playing, which may change our opinion on T.Y. Hilton as well. We'll see if Jalen Ramsey's able to practice dealing with a knee injury. Uh, Doug Baldwin, no practice again. Same situation. Playing Traquan Smith or Doug Baldwin? I will I will wait for Baldwin. I'll play Traquan. Cut Tra- I would cut Traquan to go find a potential replacement for Doug Baldwin if Baldwin's out. But I would imagine that that's, this was a veteran's rest day more than anything else. I'm going to guess he doesn't practice very much the rest of the season. Right. Yeah. Between all the injuries that he's dealt with and now this groin problem. I guess so. I'll be a little bit nervous if he doesn't practice again on Thursday. But I love his matchup against San Francisco. And he should have had a touchdown last week. Um, yeah. Well, that's been a story for him uh, more times than not. And a good replacement option if he's still available is David Moore. So go pick up David Moore just in case you want to handcuff the Seattle yeah, nice. receiver core. Uh, Kiki QT dealing with a hamstring problem, limited at practice. If he's out... Keith, any interest in Demarius Thomas this week after what we saw against the Titans? He's a flex-type play. Um, not one that I'm particularly excited about, but I would rather start in than Allen Robinson. Uh, fair. Yes, I think he's better than Allen Robinson. Curtis Samuel's dealing with a hamstring problem, and Devin Funches also mispracticed with a back injury. Is it just all systems go with DJ Moore no matter what, or if those guys do return, does it damper a little bit the expectations for DJ Moore? Dave? DJ Moore no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it might change him, and I've been trying to lower him in my rankings because originally I came out with him as number 12 uh, for this week, but hey. it, it might uh, it might drop him down to like the 18 range. 
Yeah, we'll see. He's the number two receiver regardless. Uh, as right. we saw last week, Samuel did play. Funches did not. Uh, Marquise Goodwin still did not practice dealing with his personal injury, personal situation, excuse me. Uh, Pierre Garçon was limited to practice with a knee injury. We saw Dante Pettis come in and play well last week. Uh, Kendrick Bourne's had some good moments. Any interest in those two guys if, in fact, Goodwin and Garçon are out again? Dave? You'd have to be desperate. Um, I would put them right behind, far behind Josh Reynolds, Adam Humphreys, and right behind Chris Conley in terms of receivers to use in a pinch this week. I, I actually think he's right in that Conley conversation. and, and, and the in terms run, of Pettis? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pettis is the only one I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Just because they're lining him up in the slot, I do think that's the place to attack the Seahawks defense and most defenses anymore. He's another guy I'd rather start than Allen Robinson or Jarvis Landry. Or uh, offside, right? Agreed. That's why. Uh, Deshaun Jackson limited at practice. If Jackson plays, what does that do for Humphreys? What does that do for Godwin? Obviously, Evans is fine, but... The other two secondary pieces in that Tampa Bay offense, Heath, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to uh, downgrade a Humphreys just a little bit because part of it was there's not too many mouths to feed there anymore. We've got enough, just the perfect num- number of wide receivers and tight ends for Jameis Winston to spread the ball around. So if Jackson's back, I don't know that I'm not going to have any interest in starting Jackson because every time Jameis Winston throws it to him, it's 15 yards away from wherever Jackson is. <laughs> but I, it would it would ding Humphreys a little bit. I mean, hasn't Humphreys put up these numbers with Jackson on the field to begin with? Sure, but there's, you know, reaching new heights if Jackson's not there. You know, the heights that we saw against the Panthers the first time around, I, I don't think he's going to get two touchdowns. But, no, you know, but... He, could, he could certainly be a high-volume receiver like we saw, eight catches in that game, 80-plus yards. And, again, the two touchdowns, he's been, uh, I think it's 13 or more PPR points in four of his last five. So right. the upside will be I love him as either. a flex, PPR yeah, he's, flex he's a, for he's, sure. a, he's a solid starting option this week. Especially if Jackson's out. You, you have to maybe just build in a little bit of a downgrade if Jackson's out. Yeah, I don't mind. Let Jackson play. It hasn't hurt him so far. Uh, I mean, it's, he's really, it's been touchdowns. He's got 50, 60, and 54 yards in his last three games. Yeah. With Jackson. High catch rate, too, and just good usage out of the slot. The touchdowns are obviously helping him along, but it's a great matchup for him against Carolina. Captain Munnerland. I, would, uh, I, I wouldn't mind trusting Humphreys. I think it hurts Godwin. A lot if Jackson oh, yeah. plays. All right, Chase Daniels still expected to start for the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky did return to practice on a limited capacity, but uh, reports of the NFL Network are that they're still going to lean toward Daniel just to make sure that Trubisky is 100% healthy. Daniel is not a bad option in quarterback leagues or super flex formats. Had 22 fantasy points against the Lions last week. Sam Darnold is hopeful to play this week because of his foot injury. His first time he's practiced since week nine. Uh, so we'll see what that impact has on the Jets wide receivers. Not that we're playing many of those guys. Why would Chris they play? Herndon could potentially benefit if Darnold is back. Not that he was bad last week with McCown, but obviously we saw Herndon's numbers pop with Darnold. They want to see if he's you know able to respond from injury and make sure that he's 100%. Wouldn't you rather make sure he's 100% for next year? No, I want to see him play. They're not, they're not sure if he's any good yet. Well, they took him with the... First round pick, they better. You got to get him. You got to get him reps. You got to get him playing in game. Yeah, game but time. if he's not a hundred percent, I don't know. Why They're not going to play him. If he's not a hundred percent. So if he feels like he's ready to go, they'll play him. Evan Ingram mispracticed with a hamstring problem, and Vance McDonald did not practice with a hip injury. Jesse James would be what for you if Vance McDonald is out? A streamable tight end. Yeah, yeah. Low end number. Low end number one. Okay, uh, Eric Berry. Back at practice could be a downgrade for Jared Cook, and Aqib Tlaib is hopeful to play, which could be a little bit of a problem for uh, Kenny Galladay, not that we're sitting Galladay by any stretch. If you want to use Galladay, you can certainly use him in any daily formats. If you don't have him in your seasonal leagues, you could play with us on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash 
FFT to play in our group on FanDuel. Join for $5, and you can win up to $500. We all participate in that. We all have a lot of fun. And as we know, your seasonal leagues may be coming to an end, but your daily participation can continue until the end of the year. So don't give up on fantasy football. Play on FanDuel. Again, FanDuel.com slash FFT. For $5, you can win 500 bucks. That's pretty cool, especially come holiday time. Startometer. All right, so players in today's... Players in, in this week's show, play, players in this week's slate. Um, I'm like Ron Burgundy here. I'm reading the words word for word. All right, uh, startle meter, 1 through 10. Derrick Henry against the Jets. 5.5. 3. I'll say 4. Uh, Kenyon Drake against Buffalo. 6.5. 5. 4. Chris Conley at Oakland. 4. 4. Five. Mike Williams at Pittsburgh, and Tyrell Williams is still dealing with his uh, injury limited in practice as well. 3.33333. Three. I'll say four. And Jared Cook, again, Eric Berry could return. Start on meter for him. Six and three quarters. Eight. Uh, if Berry plays, I'll say three. If Berry is out, I will say seven. All right, let's go to the AFC home games. Minnesota at New England. Let's start with the Minnesota side of things. Kirk Cousins. Coming off, uh, I think it's four of his last five games with 20 or more fantasy points. He's playing very well. Stephon Diggs dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. Mispractice on Wednesday. That could be a veteran situation. Adam Thielen continues to put up uh, amazing numbers. And Dalvin Cook has been frustrating. So, Heath, give me your take on the uh, Minnesota offense. I'm very frustrated with Dalvin Cook. I was very frustrated, kind of like the Deion Lewis situation where Latavius Murray got more carries than him in their last game. I, and the problem is you can't even be mad at the Vikings for it because Deion, because Latavius Murray's been better than Dalvin Cook on a per-carry basis so far this season. So Cook, for me, is a, a low-end number two. I'd rather use him as a flex than anything. I do like him slightly more in PPR. Um, you're starting Thielen. You're starting Diggs. I don't want to start Rudolph very much, but he's a low-end starter. And I, I like Cousins more than I like Breeze. More than Breeze. Uh, more than, uh, yeah. And Brady. I meant to say Brady, but I also like him more than Breeze. Okay. So you think that the defense for New England will not hold up here this week? I don't I don't think they've really like they had a good game against Aaron Rodgers. They really were great against the Jets and against what whichever Bills quarterback started. Mm-hmm. But they give up plenty of production to Andrew Luck, plenty of production to Patrick Mahomes. And the thing that has really bothered Kirk Cousins this year is the fact that their offensive line is terrible and they can't protect him. That's not the, the Patriots don't blitz. They don't they don't try to get pressure on the quarterback. They sit back and want you to make a mistake. That's typically what happens though with them is they're usually up there in scoring defense, which they are again. They're right around ten in terms of scoring defense, so they don't give up a lot of touchdowns. Right. Which is the problem here. So I, I don't know if, if Cousins gets you to the multiple touchdown range. I think he'll be right around 20 fantasy points. Um, Dave, any disagreement there on Minnesota? Well, I, I'll disagree on Cousins. I don't want to start him this week. I think that I think the Patriots do try and come out and blitz him a little bit because we've seen Cousins at his worst when he's rattled in the pocket, and that offensive line doesn't do him any favors protecting him. And uh, I, I feel like that this is like every other season for the Patriots defense where they don't know what they're doing in the early third of the year. And then they start to round in the form in the middle of the year, and then they really hit their stride just in time for December. And I'm expecting this defense to play very well. I think they rattle Cousins. I think he might get you close to 20 fantasy points. I think he'll probably fall under there. I think the Patriots actually do a very nice job defensively against Minnesota. All right, so now you have the New England side of things and the Patriots 
facing a tough defense. Um, in, I think it's their last tough opponent rest away, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of just what this Vikings defense will throw at them. Well, what do you think about the Steelers' defense? Do you think that this is their really toughest good? opponent? Steelers are, are certainly a tough opponent, but this is their their toughest yeah, opponent. I would say at yeah, Pittsburgh will be tricky for them. Okay, so but other than that, it's the AFC East. So Brady got you over twenty fantasy points for the first time in the last four games, and now you have the Everson Griffin led Vikings, which may or may not have Xavier Rhodes dealing with the hamstring problem. But we've seen teams against Griffin. It's been six times that he's been active, and in those six games, opposing quarterbacks are averaging eleven point eight fantasy points per game, including Rodgers twice. Who had thirteen or excuse me, fifteen points? No, thirteen points last week uh, in Minnesota. So, Dave, your thoughts on Tom Brady or what? Well, what do you expect the Patriots to do here when they know that they're up against a tough run defense and a great pass rush coming right at Tom Brady's way? I think they try and get rid of the ball quickly. I think they go no huddle. I think they'll have moderate success doing that. I don't think it'll be great. So I don't love Tom Brady this week. He's outside of my top 12. He's a top 15 quarterback. I like Mariota better. I like Lamar Jackson better. I think both of them have more upside than Tom Brady this week. What I can't decide on is the run game for New England and just how many opportunities are going to be there for the taking, how successful they'll be. Um, I I almost feel like this is going to end up being a low-scoring game that just the Patriots end up grinding out with maybe a bunch of field goals, maybe a touchdown to James White. Decent amount of yardage for Sony Michelle, not a great game for Sony Michelle, and really not a great fantasy production game, a productive fantasy game for everybody involved. Uh, Thielen, I'm going to buy into just because Thielen's Thielen, but that's on the Minnesota side of things, and everybody's starting him anyway. Um, I'm not loving any specific Patriot this week. Heath, uh, we, we talked about this on Name That Player yesterday in one of the rare, rare times that I stumped you. Um, Julian Edelman has scored 12 or more PPR points in every game that he's played this season. Him and Josh Gordon, you expect what from them? I think Julian Edelman's going to score 12 or more PPR fantasy points. <laughs> I don't think he'll score double digits in non-PPR, so he's really more of a flex for me in non-PPR. He's a number two wide receiver in PPR. Gordon is the exact opposite. I like. I mean, I think there's a chance that he has one or two big plays. He probably gets you to that 70-yard range, which is right around where he's lived, and you hope he scores a touchdown. I do like Edelman more than Gordon in PPR. I like Gordon more in non-PPR. I will tell you this. Edelman's had at least 10 non-PPR fantasy points in five of his last six games. So he's got a safe floor for non-PPR, and I don't mind his matchup in the slot. And again, if Brady's getting rid of the ball quick, that works right into Edelman's favor. I think he's the safest of the receivers. That includes Gronk and that includes James White, who we've seen struggle a little bit since everyone's been healthy and since the run game, or when the run game has been going. All right, Cleveland at Houston. Uh, the Browns, you know, playing well two straight games. They won their first road game in the uh, common era. Uh, seems like forever <laughs> that they finally won on the road. And Houston has now won, I think it's nine straight games for them. So, uh, Dave, the Brown side of things, Baker Mayfield, is he a starter? Nick Chubb, what do you expect from him? Duke Johnson, is he someone you can rely on? And then is there any receiver you can trust, uh, not necessarily Njoku, but any receiver for the Browns you can trust? I don't mind Njoku this week. I think he'll be okay. Houston's let a tight end score on them in three straight games. So I, I think the matchup favors Njoku, which means that there's one touchdown. For Baker Mayfield, can he get two? I'm not sure if he can. Now, he's he's had great protection from his offensive line. That's barely been the secret to why he's been so successful. But Houston's a totally different type of defense, and they will get after Baker Mayfield. I think it's going to be tough for him. So I'm not, I'm not feeling Baker this week. Uh, maybe in like a DFS tournament, I would take a chance on him, figuring that no one else will. 
So I'll try and differentiate my lineup by going with Mayfield, but it's probably not going to be what I do. It's just an option that I would think about if I want to go big at other positions because I don't even think he's that cheap anymore because he's been playing so well. Uh, Chubb, you're going to start regardless. I don't think you can feel good about Duke Johnson. I don't think you can feel good at all about Jarvis Landry. Ever since Nick Chubb has really become a thing, Jarvis Landry has taken a backseat. And then for you, Heath, when we look at Houston, Lamar Miller is playing great. Uh, One bad game in his last five. That was against Denver when their run defense turned the corner. Deshaun Watson, as uh, I know you're well aware of, 25 or less attempts, and I think it's now six games in a row. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is getting his numbers, but they're trending in the wrong direction because of the targets. And then we have last week's game with Demarius Thomas. So, your assessment of the Texans this week against the Browns? You don't have a choice but to start DeAndre Hopkins. It doesn't really matter where I rank him. Um, I've got him ranked outside of my top 10 wide receivers, and I did last week too. I just think that, that, that when you're not throwing more than 25 passes and he's not getting 40% of the targets, he's not going to be the number one wide receiver. Um, I'm a little worried about Miller because he had that long run, but he's got two of his last three games now with 12 carries where he's been out-carried by Alfred Blue. And so I don't think he's safe. I do view him in that same low-end number two category. You're probably starting him. Deshaun Watson, I've been harping on the pass volume. That's okay if he runs like he did last week. Like You can get by on 24 pass attempts if you run it seven, eight, nine times, especially as good as he is at running the ball. I'm hopeful that what they did last week was give him let, let go of the reins. But I'd probably have to see it this week to believe it for sure. He's a low-end starter for me. And we've seen, you know, as well as the Browns have played, they did a good job against Matt Ryan two games ago. Hard to assess how they did against the passing game last week, although Def Driscoll did get two touchdowns. You're almost rooting for Deshaun. If you're, you're almost rooting for the Browns if you're hopeful for Deshaun Watson to have a big game because maybe that drives the volume of his pass attempts up. They just haven't been in these shootouts at all this season because their defense has played so well. Yeah, it's interesting because there was a quite a while there where Adam kept bringing up that they were a great defense against quarterbacks, and they were. They were awesome. They were just destroying quarterbacks. The last three quarterbacks against them have gone 32-24-29 in terms of fantasy points. Now, one of those is Patrick Mahomes and one of those is Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> so right. I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but the four straight have scored at least 20 against them. Yeah, so, so I mean, Watson should play well. It's just a matter yeah. of will he be top five good or just top ten good. The right. Colts now face Jacksonville. Uh, there's not really much to say about Jacksonville. I guess the, the biggest issue facing fantasy owners, Dave, is the Leonard Fournette scenario of who to replace him with, TJ Yeldon or Carlos Hyde. What would you tell people? I don't mind Yeldon. I like him better. Hyde is touchdown or bust, and even if he scores, there's no guarantee he'll get you 10 in a non-PPR or in a PPR because I don't think he's going to catch the ball very much. Did, did Carlos Hyde whine this week about not having Squeaky wheel. <laughs> he, he expressed a little disappointment, and I, I can kind of understand it from his staring arrow because it's not like he signed with Jacksonville. He was traded to Jacksonville, yeah. and they've really put him in that third role. And so he said you know, he went from being a starter to essentially a, a bench player. And so he's, I guess, welcoming the opportunity to get some more touches this week. And it's not the worst matchup in the world for him. You saw what Kenyon Drake was able to do against this defense. But I think that suits Yeldon more so than it does Carlos Hyde. So especially in PPR, I think Yeldon will be okay. I think he can get you four or five catches, 50 or 60 yards. Uh, Not my favorite running back to replace Leonard Fournette with, but I would use him if I had him. And then the receiving core, anybody for Jacksonville with Cody Kessler starting? We had the conversation with uh, Pete Prisco yesterday, uh, Drink, on um, FFT that the new offensive coordinator comes from the Canadian League. They really have no incentive to try and run the ball here. 
probably to see if Cody Kessler has anything to give them as a backup next year. So if they open up the offense, could it be D.D. Westbrook? Could it be Dante Moncrief in a revenge game again? Is there anybody in this passing game that you would trust in Week 13 to help your fantasy roster? It must be Week 13 if we're talking about opening up the offense for Cody Kessler. It's just, I mean, that's where they are. I know it's where they are, but it's just it's funny to me that this is where they are. Um, I don't think Cody Kessler is a particularly good arm. I think he's a standard West Coast backup quarterback, which means he's accurate enough within a 15-yard range and terrible downfield. So that eliminates Dante Moncrief from the conversation for me. I think it's okay for D.D. Westbrook. I think he might be 10 PPR fantasy points, maybe 12. That's about it. I'm not feeling good about anybody in Jacksonville. Are you on the same page with the backup running backs there? I like Hyde. Hyde I like, yeah, Hyde Hyde and non-PPR, and he's a Borderline top 30 running back. Um, Yeldon over Hyde, and, and, and it's the same type of situation in PPR. I'm not excited about either one. All right, now you get the other fun backfield first, the Colts. Uh, we, we, we talked about this briefly. Uh, just your, your thoughts real quick, Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins? I like Hines better than Wilkins. I think there's a chance that that, is, that looks dumb, and so I'm not too excited about Hines because there is uncertainty in how they will use these running backs. Hines should be the better pass-catching option. Wil- Wilkins should be the short yardage guy. But they've just mixed and matched and used them in all kinds of different ways. And Wilkins has popped more often in terms of big plays. In fact, the last time they played Jacksonville, I think he had a 51-yard run. 53, yeah. Yeah, so I I think Hines is a high-end flex. Wilkins is a low-end flex. I'm expecting Hines to be a little better in PPR. You know, I'm with you. I think it's it's a difficult backfield to assess. And the Jaguars' run defense, as bad as their pass defense has started to look of late, has looked better. Speaking of their pass defense... um, you have Hilton right now. Where are both of you, roughly? Right around 15. I think right around 18. Will that change if Jalen Ramsey's ruled out? 100%. Yes. Top 10? I, I have him 18th. Top 10 if Ramsey's um, out? Because he will be for me. Yeah. He'll probably be right around there for me, too. Andrew Luck is a top 10 quarterback for all three of us, I believe. Top three for me. I've got him at eight. Will that change again if Ramsey's out? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, he's uh, just outside my top five. He's number six because they're, I think, a great week for quarterbacks this week. But Luck is obviously someone you're starting across uh, the board. Same with Eric Ebron now that Jack Doyle is out. I don't think there's any other guys for the Colts that we'd be starting besides Hilton. They signed Clive Walford. Moving right along, let's go now to Denver at Cincinnati. So the Broncos, uh, you know, have a great matchup. Case Keenum hasn't exactly been the best of fantasy quarterbacks. Dave alluded to this earlier, 19 fantasy points against Pittsburgh last week. Can you trust him as a streaming option this week, Dave? Uh, No, and the reason why is because I think you can find Mariota or Lamar Okay, but we're talking deeper leagues. So Mariota's gone, Lamar Jackson's gone. I'll take Dak Prescott over Case Keenum. I'll take Dak tonight over Case. Dak Prescott is gone. You're dealing with Josh Allen, Case Keenum, Chase Daniel. Case Keenum's at the top of this list. Baker Mayfield or or Case Keenum? Uh, Mayfield. Okay. Baker. Um, It's it's just a, a situation. I think it's now four of the last five quarterback groups because I think it was the Baltimore game against Cincinnati where both Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco combined for three touchdowns in that game. Uh, but four of the last five have gotten you three touchdowns against Cincinnati. Their pass defense is not good. So obviously Emmanuel Sanders is a must-start guy. Philip Lindsay is a must-start guy. Can Royce Freeman have an opportunity here based on finding the end zone against a team? I think they're tied for third in terms of touchdowns allowed to running backs. He's one of the running backs you could turn to if he's on your bench and you're missing 
Gordon, Fournette, Mac, carry on. Because he won't do much in the passing game, and you know yards are going to be hit or miss. But no, but the matchup is so good. Uh, Nick Vigil could be back for Cincinnati, but I almost think that helps their pass coverage a little bit more against tight ends and running backs, and that doesn't really help them much in terms of run defense. I don't think they sure. suddenly become a shutdown unit just because Nick Vigil is back. Yeah. Is Case Keenum a DFS target? 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, if he gives you what he gave you last week, then you're in good shape, and I think he may get a little bit better. Do a little bit better than that. All right, so so you're not starting Matt Lacoste, is what you're saying then? With Nick, I'm going to pass on Matt Lacoste. I, I think Matt Lacoste is a streamer. Yeah, he's just really they've I mean, they've Case Keenum has targeted the tight end a lot in that offense. We saw Hiramen go down, and immediately Lacoste scores a touchdown. They don't really have anybody else to play tight end. No, it's uh, it, it's an opportunity there against a. Bad Cincinnati defense in terms of defending, the and tight he end. is the cheapest of the cheap among tight ends in daily. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. He's just unbelievably cheap. So you could punt play with him. Uh, Keenum is among the cheapest quarterbacks out there too. Okay, so AJ Green, we talked about this a little at the top of show. We have them all right around 20. Um, Jeff Driscoll will be starting, but Tyler Boyd is somebody that you know has been good when AJ Green has been healthy. Coming off a game where he scored a touchdown from Driscoll it was a 28 yard play. Keith, you talked about this. He had two really good highlight plays in that game uh, last week for the Bengals. And so what's your expectation for Tyler Boyd? The funny thing is I went back and looked at his per-game averages in games where A.J. Green plays and games where A.J. Green doesn't play at all. There's two games where Green missed part of the game. I just threw those out. In the games where Green played the whole game, he's averaging 74 yards per game. In the game where Green doesn't play at all, he's averaging 73 yards per game. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. The, the whole difference is touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He scored five touchdowns with A.J. Green. He scored one without him. So I I view him pretty similar to how I viewed him when Green was out. He's a borderline low-end number two wide receiver. Yeah, just tough matchup, though, this week against Chris Harris. And you have now the Driscoll factor. Right. You know, that, right. there's a little tape on Driscoll. People know how he is. Dave, are you in agreement? Low-end number two or more of a yeah. number three? Low-end number two type of wide receiver. I don't know if Driscoll can attack downfield the way Andy Dalton can. Not that Andy Dalton was an amazing downfield passer, so but he's better than Driscoll. Yep. And for what it's worth, A.J. Green came out and said he would like Andy Dalton to still be his quarterback. He thinks he just needs a little bit more help around him, mm-hmm. and maybe that is true. Bengals are Green's still— Green's really a good like good guy. Like He's standing up for Dalton. Sure. He's standing up for Cincinnati. He doesn't but He was asked about leaving Cincinnati. He doesn't want to do that. Yep, And I'll, I admire him for that. I will correct. I've got Boyd at 29, so he's actually a, a flex. More I, I view him more as number three receiver. Again, I just think you factor in new quarterback— Plus, that's where Chris Harris usually lines up is defending the slot guy, and so that could be tough for for uh, for Boyd this week. Uh, Joe Mixon, must start guy, or Gus Edwards, Josh Adams, potentially better than him this week. Yeah, I think I think it's hard to call him must start. He is ranked in my top twenty, and normally a top twenty running back is must start. But there are too many guys that were easily on your bench early in the year that are ahead of him now. Um, obviously, Aaron Jones, Gus Edwards, Austin Eckler, Philip Lindsay, Josh Adams, Matt Breida. I'd start all those guys over Mixon. And that would be if Dalton's playing too, right? I'd be real, it'd be a little closer with maybe the last couple of names I said, because I did downgrade his, uh, what I, his expected yards per carry based on the fact that I don't think the defense is going to respect Jeff Driscoll's arm very much. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's not a great matchup and they're not going to score any points. Number one. Joe Mixon gets A.J. Green back, and I don't care who the quarterback is. That's going to help Joe Mixon. And number two, Mixon showed last week that he can be a factor in the passing game, and I think Cincinnati would be wise 
to go back to that this sure. week, and that fits right into Jeff Driscoll's limitations as a passer. So I'll be a little more optimistic on Joe Mixon. I think he can finish as a top 12 running back this week. I am closer to 15. I just think it's a tough matchup. I, I just look at it. If Andy, even if Andy Dalton was playing, this is not a great spot for Mixon. I don't know how many people are actually benching Mixon for Adams or Edwards. Aaron Jones is an easy one. I think Lindsey is an easy one. But, I agree with those. Um, in terms of the two guys, plus Austin Eckler, it, it's just a trust factor. You know, you've really seen Mixon produce consistently more times than not. Where do you have Mixon compared to the start of the week, Chris Carson? Uh, behind in non-PPR, ahead in PPR. Okay. So Mixon, I like Mixon better in PPR because Carson won't catch the ball very much. But I think they're back-to-back. I think I have mm-hmm. Carson 13 and Mixon 14. I'm with you on that. I think Carson's better in non-PPR. Uh, let's go now to Chargers at Steelers. We talked about Phillip Rivers. So the expectation for Austin Eckler, Dave, are what? To play a lot, catch a lot of passes, get a decent amount of carries, have a shot at getting 90 total yards as a floor, and... 120 and a touchdown is a ceiling. I think he could have a very good game. Heath, we've seen this uh, Steelers defense not necessarily perform well against running backs, even in blowout victories. The Panthers game in particular with Christian McCaffrey and the dominant performance that he had. Um, Philip Lindsay last week was great. Is, is this Austin Eckler? I think you probably have him the highest. Uh, is he a number one running back this week? I've got him ranked as the number one running back, and I, I the only fear that I really have is that Justin Jackson gets more work than I'm expecting. And right now I've got it about 60-40 in the running game, and I echo are getting most of the targets. But I've got That's him... optimistic for Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, Well, I think probably the question mark is the passing game. Mm-hmm. Does Jackson... Because he was a good receiving back, and that was why people kind of questioned why they drafted him when they already had Eckler. Um, I've got Eckler projected for right about 100 yards and a touchdown. So... He was great last week. You know, the, the 10 catches are hard to overlook. And um, the last time we saw Gordon out was that game in London. He didn't have the best performance, but he still had five catches in that game. And so you can figure five catches is probably the floor, and they could be chasing points just based on what the Steelers do at home. Uh, Keenan Allen is a must-start receiver. I don't think anybody's yes. sitting him this week by right. any stretch. Um, and we gave you the startle meter on Mike Williams, who did score twice last week. I actually liked Williams last week with the thought that Tyrell Williams may not play. Right. Williams did play, did not play very much. Um, and Antonio Gates, I think, is in the low end of the streamers. Matt Lacoste or uh, Antonio Gates this week? Lacoste. I've got Gates as of now. Yeah, I'll take Lacoste in that one also. For the Steelers, we told you Jesse James is going to replace Vance McDonald if he's out. A streaming option. Uh, I don't think there's really much to say about the Steelers, you except for James Conner, because he's been struggling. So is this a scenario of, similar to Joe Mixon, any interest in playing Josh Adams? Gus Edwards, Austin Eckler. Um, I think Aaron Jones, for me, is an easy one. I'm playing him over him, and I'm actually playing Phil Lindsay over him also. But uh, any of the three guys that you picked up off waivers in the last two weeks over James Conner? Not for me. Not for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But, again, it could be something people are considering, just the Conner struggling of late, uh, not putting up just the give type him of more numbers. work, man. Feed that beast. Sure. And, and, and again, you know, maybe coming back home will help them. Um, River, excuse me, Roethlisberger, top three, top five. Expectations? I mean, home game, prime time. I mean, that, that's what puts him in the conversation of top five. There are a lot of really great quarterback matchups this week. I've got Roethlisberger at six. It wouldn't surprise four. me in the least if he finishes first. Yeah, I, I've got him four. Yeah, he's top five for me. This is one guy that I would start over Andrew Luck just based on the setup for him uh, at home. And, and, again, obviously you're starting Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. I know you've been a little bit down on those guys in recent weeks. Are they number one receivers for you this week or number two? Uh, I've got them right in that same DeAndre Hopkins range. So I think Brown is just outside of the top 12 and Juju is like 16. Okay. So it's it's very close. Um, 
I still think there's something not quite right between Ben and Antonio, but it, as long as he scores a touchdown, it doesn't matter. Both are top ten for me. I've started thinking about next year and where I'll rank these two, assuming Ben is still the quarterback there next year. I think he will Ju- be. Juju will be over Brown it, next Could year. it be Juju over Brown um, next year? Might be. It'll be his third year. Um, we'll see. You know, Antonio Brown may be losing a step. I, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but... Um, the only thing that Antonio Brown has been better at Juju this year has been scoring touchdowns. Yeah, Juju's been fantastic. He's he's been an absolute star. Um, but uh, as we talked about on Wednesday, for those of you that listen, we're going to be previewing uh, each position on a week to week basis for 2019. And receiver, I'm guessing, will be uh, up next after we just did running backs. Uh, Dave, you posed the question about thinking about the number one receiver so Antonio Brown could be in that conversation again something to think about when we get to that portion of our position previews for 2019 uh the Jets at the Titans any Jets that you like this week Dave Chris Herndon in PPR I think he'll be relatively close to what he was last week that's really about it I I don't think I even ranked Isaiah Crowell in my top 48 running backs wow Heath, you've been the Isaiah Crowell guy. Are you still sticking with him? Oh, I, I guess I'm sticking with him because he's in my top 48. <laughs> uh, he's not in my top. I don't think he's in my top 36. I mean, he's right in that range. He's a low-end number three running back. No 97-yard yeah. touchdown run for Crowell. It's been, I mean, uh, it, it could happen. It's been tough for yes, him. Yes, it could happen. We, it, gave you, we gave you the breakdown of the, uh, the Titans running backs with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Uh, Corey Davis, must-start receiver at this point? Must-start top 20. And a good matchup, too. Better than Hopkins, Brown, Juju for you? Behind all of those guys. Behind all those guys. Okay, so but in your top 20, in your top 20? Yes. I've got him uh, back-to-back with A.J. Green. I like him better than Amari Cooper and T.Y. Hilton as of now. Um, I'm probably in the minority on Cooper with that one, but I think you just look at what he's done in the three healthy games with Mariota of late against his Jets secondary, which has been atrocious. I think that's a good spot for him. John Smith has played four good games fantasy-wise. It's been a little fluky, 61-yard touchdown. Monday night against the Texans, but still, production is production at the tight end position. you got to like it. Starter? Streamer. streamer. And uh, I've got to make a call on him versus Jesse James. I might lean toward Jesse James over Janu. It comes down to Vance McDonald. Sure. The only guy with a name that I would start Janu over is Jimmy Graham. What about Trey Burton? I, I've I, wrestled I was, with that one. I, like Trey Burton's been awful, but... He at least got seven targets from Chase Daniels. Yeah, I kind of like the matchup for Trey Burton. I, I don't this week. like him. I'm, I hate him. What about the Rams tight ends versus Johnu? I would take Johnu. I would too. I, I have a decision to make because I lost Jack Doyle in the league, and I was looking at Gerald Everett or Johnu Smith. I like Everett slightly better this week because I just don't think the Lions are any good in their secondary, um, as opposed to the Jets. As opposed to the Jets, <laughs> uh, but I think you look at uh, I think Johnu Smith. I forget who he has next week. Uh, Jacksonville. And Jacksonville stinks against tight ends. Yep. So I went with the two. And then the Giants scenario. after that. I went with the two week scenario of John Smith with the hope that he can get me by. And I have, I'm starting both those guys over Trey Burton. I do not want to trust Trey Burton. He's just been absolutely atrocious. Uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow when we preview the NFC home games. Buffalo at Miami. We gave you a little insight to Josh Allen uh, and LaShawn McCoy. I don't think there's any other Buffalo player worth starting. This I week. don't think so, but I, I'm kind of intrigued by them. I'm intrigued by like the Dolphins' defense and how they used Minka last week. They used him as an outside corner, not in the slot. He's been playing corner for like three weeks. Well, but he had been working in the slot for most. Of the no, time. he replaced uh, McCain. McCain's been benched. And McCain, well, McCain was in the slot last week. So I'm like trying to find a matchup that would take advantage of that, and it's Buffalo. Like, well, I, 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 I guess, I guess I should back up because Robert Foster's played. He's given you two good fantasy games. One was with uh, Matt Barkley. One was with 
Josh Allen. He's and we, fast. And we know what that big arm can do with a player that can get down the field. Like you said, he's fast. I think if he is matched up against anybody but Xavier Howard, we've seen this happen before where the Dolphins, it will, I go back to the Texas game, Will Fuller torched that secondary. I like that matchup because speed against that secondary is not necessarily a bad thing. So any interest in Robert Foster in deeper leagues? How about in daily? Sure. Could you use him as a punt play in daily? Sure. 16-team league, maybe 14, mm-hmm. not 12. Do you yeah. stash him? Are we at the point with Robert Foster? The targets haven't been there him? yet, but, you know, look, they're they're – they have to revamp this receiving core for next year. It's just, it, it's atrocious. And so, you know, if you're going to build around Josh Allen, you know, maybe he's the third guy. Maybe he's the speed guy. Maybe he's the one that is the Marquise Goodwin. Then they send him off somewhere else and he becomes a better player, uh, as they had him a few years ago. But yeah, there's not a lot of must start guys for Buffalo outside of maybe, uh, LaShawn McCoy. For the Dolphins, Kenyon Drake, we hope he's going to be healthy, has that shoulder injury. But is there any must start play for the Dolphins this week, Keith? Must start? I don't think so. No, I think you could flex Gore or Kenyon Drake. Um, the receivers are a complete and total mess right now, especially if Amendola's out. Right. Yeah. I I think like the in my opinion the two best plays in this game are the Bills defense and the Dolphins defense. I put LaShawn McCoy ahead of both of them, but I think the Bills DSC is absolutely. I, I think they I think they both outscore LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I'll take the Bills over the Dolphins. I will take the Bills over the Dolphins. Also, I have no faith in the Dolphins defense right now. Um, that's just me. Uh, I don't really think there's anybody else in this game we need to worry about. All right, let's go now to Kansas City at Oakland. Start all Chiefs, sit all Raiders outside of Doug Martin and Jerry Cook? Yes. Chris Conley's Richard, PPR. I yeah, know he hasn't okay, been so, great lately, but I think he'll come into play this um, year. Chris Conley. We talked about him a couple of times over the last few days. Uh, if Sammy Watkins is out, number three receiver with upside, number two guy, avoid just because number it was three one receiver. Game. Modest upside. I don't want to get too swept up in what he did against the Rams. Yeah, number three with upside. And then in the Josh Reynolds conversation, but behind him. Okay. And then for the Raiders, again, Doug Martin is a borderline starter. Heath likes him more than Dave does. I'm just outside my starting group, uh, starting um, running backs, but I think he's a decent flex option. Jalen Richard PPR is in that same range. Yeah, maybe a little higher. You would take Richard over Martin in PPR. Yes. You would still take Martin over. Yeah. Richard PPR. I think Martin got more passes than the Richard last week. Uh, just to reiterate, Jared Cook, if Eric Berry plays, I know you're still going to start him because you're the president of the Jared Cook fan club. Right. Uh, <laughs> I I guess I'm going to use him. Yeah. I mean, who else does Derek Carr have to throw to? Um, Marcel Aitman, who caught He had 10 targets targets. last week. He caught three of them. Yeah, Yeah, he was terrible. Um, And Jordy Nelson still dealing with with his injury situation. He did play last week. He had a great reverse uh, where he ran sideways. Have you ever seen a car go in reverse? (laughs) That That was the speed of Jordy. That was the speed of Jordy. Uh, And and the Chiefs defense is one of the better streaming options. I I guess I should have They're my favorite DST this week. Some of the defenses. The Titans DST is also in in play this week. You know, teams that we don't typically see uh, playing well. Um, And so I I think those are uh, good options. If you're still looking to stream some uh, some DSTs, all right. Let's go through some emails quickly before we wrap this thing up. Chris from Dubai wants to know: Hey guys, who should I flex this week in a standard non PPR league? Chris Carson or Josh Adams? You know my answer. You know Dave's answer. Who are you going with, Heath? I'm going with Josh Adams. Josh Adams, you're going against the start of the week. I hate you. I'm a jerk. Uh, Ryan <laughs> wants to know: Who should I play in my flex spot? Naheem Hines, Adam Humphreys, Christian Kirk, Jarvis Landry. Well, it's just like we predicted at the beginning of the season. Do the Humpty Hump, Adam Humphreys. Humphreys, you agree, Heath? Yeah, I'd go Humphreys. Okay. Dear awesome podcast hosts, he obviously knew that Adam wasn't here, so he's talking to the three of us. Uh, this is from Chris 
uh, from Northern Virginia. I own the Bears DST in my office league. I picked up the Broncos this week, looking to use them next week when the Bears play the Rams. The Broncos play the 49ers next week. However, I own both Kittle and Breida and typically always play them. Do you think I should use another DST for Week 14, given I will simultaneously lose points if Kittle or Breida score? If so, which DST would you recommend for Week 14? It's a 14-team league, so the choices are slim, and the Titans are already taken. I don't have a problem starting the DST along with Kittle and Breida. What if they score a touchdown? That doesn't hurt Kittle or Breida, and it helps the Broncos DST get points. Well, I think he's saying if Kittle scores... That hurts hurt. Yeah, sure. If Kittle scores, if Breida scores, that hurts his DST's production. But it would help his DST's production if they get a bunch of turnovers, a bunch of sacks, and play the best players. Touchdown. And the Broncos are going to be a great streaming option for next week. Uh, Ten-team PPR going against an undefeated team, and I'm needing a huge win heading into the playoffs. Need one running back and a flex. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, James White, Emmanuel Sanders. Ten-team PPR needs one. Needs one running back, one flex. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, James White, Emmanuel Sanders. I'm going Mixon and Sanders. I'm going Mixon and Sanders. Three for three. No name, you win with Mixon and Sanders. Uh, Dan from Boston wants to know, needs one of this group to start as my flex in a half PPR league. So one as a flex. Chris Carson. Same question. Josh Adams. (laughs) Josh Reynolds. Traquan Smith. Or Elijah McGuire. Well, now you don't have to pick between, uh, or I guess you do, between Carson and Adams. You only need one? I'm taking, I'm taking Carson. I am taking Carson. Heath is taking Adams because Heath hates the start of the week. <laughs> uh, that is a joke. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Miss Adam? Can't wait to give him a hug. I do miss Adam. Can't wait to hear his voice. I want to know who the Bonanza is. Should we predict his Bonanza? Oh, yeah. I know he's listening and judging us right now. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, if you don't show up with a Butterfinger tomorrow, don't show up at all. Wow. Uh, Who's going to be the Bonanza? I'm going to say it is... There's one easy pick. Of course there's an easy pick. He's going to take the easy pick. He's going to take Panthers-Bucks? Yeah. I was going to say Chargers-Steelers. Oh. Panthers-Bucks is going to be a Bonanza, though. Could the Browns and Texans be a Bonanza? Well, you better change your opinion on... uh, I know. On Baker. I know. I'm just saying it could be. I'm not saying it will be. Yeah, well... You're probably right. He'll probably go with the Panthers and Bucks. Panthers and Bucks. All right. For Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, he's sick, Adam Azer. I'm Jamie Eisen. Gotta go back. Na 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 na.